1: I had a major infinity wipe going on in there (laughs) Were you
2: wiping a sharpie? (laughs) It was
1: (laughs) like trying to mop up
2: a raw egg (laughs) (laughs) This week it's Advantage Celtic with Brendan's boys taking a crucial but narrow lead to St Petersburg The Saints go lunging in as Tommy Wright guides his team to yet another draw at Celtic Park All this and more on the latest episode of 20 Minute Towns Hello and welcome to episode 127 of 20 Minute Tims I am joined by Stephen Hello And Mele Hello uh, Two pals that I do the podcast with every week And this week we have got something good, some positive to talk about Yes <laughs> uh, We absolutely played out of our skin against Zenit Mele We were terrific in every area of the pitch
3: Outstanding, absolutely brilliant, tactics spot on couldn't have asked for any more apart from maybe another goal but that would be pushing it
1: Stephen? It was excellent, I mean we we were a little bit tentative going into this it would be safe to say, so there is public record now on our previous podcast, none of us were particularly confident at all but it seemed like a different team, a completely different team to what we've been seeing recently. We were
2: sensibly cautious, Smelly. I think you would put it.
3: I wasn't confident at all going in. I'll issue an apology to Celtic <laughs> and say sorry, boys. I doubted you, but then at the weekend, oh, yeah, but back to more Thursday. On <laughs> yeah, yeah. Everything from the very start, pressing. They pressed the goalkeeper. They pressed the back line, and the Zenit couldn't handle. It. They looked like we caught them cold from the winter break, but. Zenit were poor but we made them look even worse because it was just constant harassing we played it about when we had to we kept possession but also Lustig de Vries found Dembele every time and he held up every single time everybody was battling on the pitch we wanted a performance and we got one there seems to be a strange amount of debate over whether Dembele
1: played well or not. Oh, I think really?
3: people behind me were calling him for all sorts lazy and then he runs back 40 yards and wins the ball back. He was
1: absolutely brilliant. He did everything but score. Yeah, I, I, that was it. I mean, I think people just aren't satisfied unless he's None. scoring these days, but he, I don't think he could have done anything more Other than scored, he was at the heart of everything good that Celtic did. Bullied bullied that defence. Yeah, definitely. I mean, the word bullied is, is a good one because to my mind, it was his best European performance in that sort of lone striker just being a nuisance way since Man City at home where he gave Kolarov a torrid evening. It just everything came into his chest and he just
3: held off the centre back, got it, laid it off, and went. Yeah. It was this is exactly the performance you want from him. And, and when we go to St Petersburg this week, we're going to need the exact same from
2: him. Yeah, it's taking it right back, right back to the very beginning, taking it back a week, merely the the lineup. There was a lot of discussion about the lineup what who who would go where what you would pick me and you Melly we made our predictions we pretty much almost got it right the one the one person missing from most people's lineups when it was announced was Scott Sinclair but when McGregor came in, it was absolutely the right decision
3: it was we had it as a 4-3-3 sort of thing but he went with a 3 at the back and it worked again absolutely brilliant McGregor in for Sinclair McGregor hadn't been great recently, but you could see why he put him in. And Sinclair deserved to lose his place. He hasn't been great recently, but you just expect Brendan Rodgers to play him in these big games. But another big game played feet at the back, didn't play Sinclair, and again like Hearts and Aberdeen, best performances of the season.
1: What's got two thumbs and had McGregor in his starting lineup? This guy, yeah. Well, for the for the purposes of the microphone, I have raised my two thumbs <laughs> to, in the direction of my shoulders. Just How before started. you get too carried away, though... Is this my like, record? Yes, last uh, uh, week. Just me.
2: before you get too carried away, though, I think McGregor might be been the, the only one you got right out of yeah, your like, Well,
1: in fairness, it was the only one I was allowed to talk about because I was bullied out of... As soon as I brought up McGregor, I, was, I had scorn pulled no, on you me.
2: You know by now it's prison rules on this podcast. <laughs>
1: bullied in, my, in the workplace, that I was. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, uh, McGregor... The reason I started making a case for McGregor was because... Brendan Rodgers does like him in, this game, in these games. He's, he's able to keep it sort of tight and neat in midfield. And this is the reason I keep saying where you don't go into every game just picking your best 11. You pick the guys who have got the tools for the specific task at hand. And what McGregor brings to these games is, I mean, it, it, I, I won't say... His quality is the greatest at all times. That's not the case. But his energy is totally boundless. He'll Mm -hmm. run for days. He'll close down opposition defenders, opposition midfielders, everything. And I'm not going to argue for a single second that he's a better footballer than Scott Sinclair or Tom Rogic but that's why you pick him ahead of those two, because those two aren't going to give you that. Celtic made me feel a bit foolish last, last week because I doubted
3: them, but there's one man who made you, Mr. Flynn, look very,
2: very foolish. <laughs> was that Ayer? It's Christopher Ayer. Okay, he you was, know,
3: outstanding, was
2: outstanding, flawless, you know what? imperious, well, impeccable. Well, he was he was other adjectives. <laughs> I know, <geez laughs> though, he's, he's doing well, isn't he? Um, I, Christopher Ayer played well. He played well against uh, St. Johnson as well. He had a good game. Look, I don't I don't have it in for the guy. All I'm saying is... It's the way it came across. Well, it is, because it did sound like that, but, you know, I did double down on it <laughs> to an extent. I, listen, I just think, all I'm saying is, I don't think he's a the long-term solution. But you're right, Melly, he had, along with everyone else, an absolutely fantastic game against is it? Jozo had 100% <laughs> passing accuracy. Now, as soon as this one came up on Twitter, I, I thought, immediately, I'm like... I'm pretty sure he passed it directly to everyone, a Zenit player yeah. and he was had to get bailed out by Aya. But it turns out that's not how passing stats work.
1: Yeah, for anyone who doesn't know what we're talking about, the, the stats circulated on Twitter shortly after the game and it was the usual stuff, passing stats, completion, this, that. Joseph Semenovic came top of the charts with 100% <laughs> and everyone, as you said, Jamie, everyone immediately thought, no, wait a minute. Right at the start of the second half, he passed directly to Azette. Not Clear. a hard pass either. Yeah, no, no, it was the easiest, possibly the easiest thing you, you could have done on it, but it stuck so clearly in the mind because at that moment I thought, all right, this is it. This is the moment we've been waiting for. We've worked so hard up until this point in the first half, totally dominated them, and this is going to be it. Now, are bailed them out, but what, what are the point of these stats if they're just so
2: basically inaccurate and it's, it's our fault so
3: what happens
1: why Why does he get 100% because Celtic got the ball
2: back but I think yeah because I think what happened was he passed it to the Zenit player who then kind of ran onto it but then Celtic immediately got it back so nothing nothing happened after Honestly, that absolutely listen you'll, have, listen, nah, you'll listen, need to ask the guy to make up stats it's, yeah, it's not me Ben
1: The Tim on Twitter who's a, a great account to follow he looked into it a little bit and he said he, what you is Luke that you said what it said, is he, Yeah, basically that the pass was eventually completed because I got it but I mean how far do you take Sketchy. that?
2: What's, what's the time limit on getting it back? But, but I'm going back now, and I'm thinking, what about all those good pass rates that Scott Brown is getting in the Champions? League <laughs> like, like, maybe all these stat people on Twitter, you've
1: been living a lie. <laughs> you've, been li- you've been living a lie. Um, I'll, j- I'll need to try that at fives the next time. I wasn't
2: a bad pass. We eventually got it back. Check <laughs> I, my stats. Before the game, there was no nobody in the side that we'd signed in the January window. Not mm. even Musonda. Were you surprised at his exclusion? Eh, not surprised. He's it, not he's not been bad, but he has not
3: really shown enough in games to say he should definitely start. And it goes back to that old thing. He trusts these players that he played, doesn't he? That's why he puts in McGregor and he trusts him completely. That's why Lustig comes in after just one game. Lustig, who was excellent, didn't yeah. put a
1: foot wrong the whole game. Looked comfortable in that back three at the start. So I was surprised at that because the the lineup, as we said, that leaked a few hours before the game. And I questioned that. Well, I thought Lustig was injured, but it turns <laughs> out he'd started. On... Massonda. I suppose the only counter to that, and Chris Sutton made the the point before the game that surely the, these are the games that he was brought here to play in. Yeah. No, I, I know that, that that's not necessarily how it works. He has to he has to earn his place. He has to prove why he should be in there. But I suppose it was a big call to just leave him out of there. Well, because it's our home game. If if we concede a goal there, the ties really
3: swings hmm, in yeah. their favour. So whereas if you you start with. Kwasi and Brown sitting, breaking everything up, Cham and McGregor ahead of them, pressing, which they, the, those four in midfield were absolutely brilliant, every single one of them. That just keeps it tight, gets us to 0-0, and then in the second half, you bring on Musonda, and it, the game plan worked perfectly. It just, when we had the ball, we were, we just retained possession, but just in that final third, we just lacked a mm. wee bit of creativity. I thought he's got to bring on Musonda at some point to change it. He took off kuassi which was fair enough. It was a right call, but I thought he could have taken off McGregor at the same point. McGregor was brilliant; did everything he could, but just lacks that bit of creativity. Mm. But Brennan got it right.
2: I was I was nervous when he took off Kuyatse because I, I expected Kuyatse to play. I thought he played like, along with everyone else in midfield that you just mentioned. Melly. he was brilliant. He, he was. He's so much more than this. Yeah. hard tackling. You know, hacking, chop it down midfielder that people thought. Took the words right out of my face. Was that it because I, I stumbled yeah. over those words? <laughs> <ones. laughs>
1: yeah, in a slightly different order, but most of those words. And it was. It was everywhere. Eventually, it was sort of playing almost as a sort of right winger at Aye. various points. He, he was, was pressing pressing high box to box. Yeah. Well, he and he and McGregor did that brilliantly. I mean, the first big chance of the game that Celtic created was due to McGregor closing down uh, one of their clearances. And I thought that actually St. Petersburg um, were a bit dodgy at that. I thought they played out quite well under pressure mm, once or times, twice, but they're very dodgy in others. They closed down a number of times in the first half, and it was mainly down McGregor and Kroasi.
2: It was, it was obvious to me that Brendan Rogers had done his homework because mm. the, the team selection was spot on, mainly the tactics were spot on. For me, I, I, Brendan Rogers gets the majority of the credit for that result.
3: Yeah, we, we've been questioning. In the Champions League games, how he doesn't maybe change his tactics, or he just goes at it the same way. But we, we did change it up a bit. The ball up to Dembele, getting the ball, playing it about when we had to, but see when it was on, get it to Dembele, get ourselves up the pitch, and play from there. It was and
2: just they couldn't handle. No, it was just so encouraging to see that 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 old Celtic that good shit yeah. back, that really good Celtic it, back again. It was in everything. It was just everybody was
3: straight to the ball they won every second ball if the ball was up there they won the header there was nobody waiting on the ball coming everybody came and met it It was just everything from last
2: season just came back in this winning one every second ball we were right on top of it do you think do you think Celtic are just a bit do you think they're, they're treating the SPL a bit casually just based purely on the two results last week you know the Zenit they turn up they're up for it they're Energetic, enthusiastic about the competition, and then you get the SPL, get the SPFL as it is now, and, and they play those games. And they sort of go through the motions a wee bit. Do you think, Stephen, it was a break from the humdrum, boring SPFL that brought this performance out of us? I suppose it's only human nature, isn't it? The more, the bigger, more glamorous,
1: more exciting tie gets, that kind of level of intensity out of our players. It's all very well saying, oh well, players should be up for every single game exactly the same way, but that's... no that's really only just words I mean they're not going to be as motivated to play against it happens when teams play against
2: us which I'm I'm sure
3: we'll get to it happens Uh, yourself in football see if you're playing against somebody who's not as good as you you, you which happens to me a lot I know when I'm up up against you I just go it's just (laughs) Jamie I'll get it back in a minute whereas if you're playing against a good player you're in there straight
1: away you don't give them a second you have to be quicker than them more bullying in the one <laughs> thanks mate it was such a bright start from South you're talking about just the way they played overall when I mean, Tierney had a goal very early on there was a chance that McGregor created with the, closing down the clearance McGregor probably should have done better with a chance after that and that was one Kowasi had closed down the defence again and McGregor so I I think he uh, that sort of rush of blood to the head you know the proverbial rush of blood to the head Mm. and he just sort of slapped at it from the the edge of the box Cham had a really good chance that I thought he didn't pull out of
3: but if he had a bit more belief because the defender's foot was coming into Mm. him as well he could have maybe guided it in a bit but we had them on the rack They, they only had one chance that we looked dodgy from it was a crossover De Vries didn't have a clue tier and he clears off the line. Apart from
1: that, they had absolutely nothing. There was one save from De Vries. I, th- I mean, thinking back, it was the only f- real moment of danger I could think of uh, in the game where De Vries played it out to Forrest on the right, right on the touchline. I think Forrest was um, expecting a challenge, which never came because he controlled the ball and then went down, but the challenge never came. So it he- basically just looked like you ever seen one of those videos where if you give a goat a fright, it just falls over? It <laughs> yeah. just sort of faints. Forrest looked goat st- like that. <laughs> <laughs> but that led, um, that led to a chance. That De Vries is, again, a really dodgy kick out. I don't know why he's hitting it so high to someone at Forrest. So it came back
2: in and, and to be fair to him, De Vries made the save. I think, for me, the, the change came just at the, at the right time and it was the right player to bring on. We sort of touched on it earlier. But see, for the minute Musonda came on, you could tell... This was the reason we signed him. He was running mm. about, taking guys on. But he looked like he had the ball on the string. He nah, was just yeah. running, and he's he, correct me if wrong. He created that goal more or less right yeah. in an hour
3: and a half. Lovely bit of skill on the touchline mm. yeah the goal actually starts from a fantastic tackle from the very poor Mister Christopher Aja Oh as did well, it? Yes well, Lovely tackle he- you, don't, you don't see it in the replays of the goals so it's just a bit further back he wins it back the ball goes out and just the way we work it up the pitch sometimes we're playing in Scotland we don't do that we'd rather retain the ball but it's just a bit more direct one in one out movement up the pitch and I've watched it so many yeah. times. It's it'll probably turned out to be one of my favourite Celtic goals. What's
2: your favourite bit of the goal, though? I
3: think it's Chuck putting that ball in. No, my favourite
2: <laughs> bit is my my favourite bit is we chuckle celebrating on his own.
1: Yes, he absolutely lost his shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he, <laughs> he did caught himself. It, it's great to watch back because as soon as he signed, we spoke about it on here. Even watching the guy's interview with Jerry McCulloch, the guy's so enthusiastic, he just loves yeah. football. And watching <clears> him <throat> celebrating on his own he celebrated on his own because he just com- got completely lost in the moment yeah. if you watch it back he just he temporarily
2: loses control of his arms and hands <laughs> he he just, just his hands just start flapping above his head uh, it was just it was a magical moment he, he was absolutely brilliant belly as well holding the guys off laying the ball out for Charlie Missounder taking a wee touch being aware that McGregor hmm. was over at the back post getting it over to McGregor took it on the chest great finish
3: oh weaker foot again at the point I was thinking no, no. They probably deserved to win but because the performance was so good nil-nil wouldn't have been that bad I would have been happy with that but just Musonda just brought that wee bit of quality and creativity we lacked and the vision to control that ball sort of and play it over to McGregor McGregor's controlling
1: what a finish with his weaker foot! It was absolutely brilliant. Very reminiscent sort of Gadetti's goal in the same mm. area of the goal into that top corner again against Mancini's men. Mancini doesn't like it. Does I know.
2: He? <laughs> I think. I mean, Mancini was they kept the 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 camera kept going to him. I was watching on the TV. He was losing his losing the rag mm. on, on on the touchline a lot. of The time it just looked like a manager extremely frustrated with his team. Now I don't know if necessarily that's down of. Lack of competitive football, or that we were just too good on the night, or a bit of both. But how do you how do you rate our chances, Stephen, in the next the next round? Well,
1: I hope you like big butts because <laughs> several of them are coming at you right now. Okay, it's Go for it. because Celtic were brilliant on the night, but okay, didn't get enough goals for me. Correct. Um, I know. I know. As you said, Melly, it's kind of been greedy, expecting more goals against such a good team. Let's not forget Zenit are a good team, um, but. I think, there's Yep, there's another one. <laughs> um, I think Zenit will be, as much as Mancini would have been frustrated at the time, I reckon he would have got into the changing rooms afterwards and thought, we get away with one there. Yeah. I think they'll be secretly delighted we're coming away with just 1-0 down because they're very good at home and they get totally outplayed by Celtic and somehow, somehow managed to come away with a 1-0 defeat. I think we could score over there. Yeah, if we get the first goal over there, it could all go to plan, but... See
3: If they get a goal in the first 10 minutes It's going to be watching yeah. it from behind the couch But we should just go into it And maybe try and enjoy it Because we know we can go toe-to-toe with him We've proved that We know now that he's not just going to play the same way he does He can change it up And I'm just looking for Thursday night, I was flying when I got home And I watched the goal so many times And it got my mind thinking Finals in Leon, boys <laughs> <laughs> The finals in Leon <laughs> okay. Wait, wait, wait I've got it. All right. I've, I've written the headline.
2: Right. We win in Leon. The kings of Leon. <laughs>
1: that's that's awful. <laughs> Destiny.
2: To um, no, right, we, we don't want to get too far ahead of ourselves because there is a there's a lot of football to get played in Russia. But I, I, no, I'm confident. I was I wasn't doubting Brendan, but it's good to see that the team have got their mojo back. It's good to see that we can perform and we can be a bit more pragmatic and a bit more sensible and it's not just gung-ho all the time well it's a clean sheet it's yeah. a win at home for a start which we don't get an awful lot
1: of in Europe yeah. um, it's a win and a clean sheet we've not had a clean sheet outside of qualifiers for quite some time it was maybe 2014 or something uh, uh, Zagreb. Hmm. yes yeah. it was uh, so I mean that's a clean sheet against the best attacking team in the Europa League so far
2: and with the statistically worst defence in the, the Champions League well that's, that's yeah. true yeah we are the owners of that record Celtic are a Jekyll and Hydeside. I I sort of touched on it. We seem to be really up for the Europa League. But then, St. Johnson come to town and we're back to domestic football and the spark just disappears. Now, I think there's a couple of reasons for that. One, it was so heavily rotated, Melly, the team against St. Johnson. You're never going to get the same sort of performance. And two, there's a lot of guys there in the heavily rotated team that haven't played a lot of football.
3: No, it's it's one of those games that if it was another time in the season where you make eight changes, you draw 0 now with St. Johnston, you write it off, but it's becoming too often this oh, season. Yeah, it's happening. Yeah. If it was, I know we keep comparing it to last season, you say you can't compare it to last season. Well, you can't, but you can compare it to some of the worst seasons now. It's getting to that point where it's really, really bad. We've dropped points in a third of our games, 27
1: games played so far. That's terrible. Well, that's 10 points dropped at home now. A season, and to give that a bit of context, in Diala's second season, they dropped eleven. Same with Mowbray. You know, I'm not comparing those guys as managers or as even teams. But what the reason I bring that up is: Do you think people who go to the games every week at home are getting are getting their money's worth this season, considering how how poor the record listen,
2: has been? Listen, uh, I, I'm you know. Th- th- uh, you, you've put it quite well Stephen before on Twitter there's always the overreaction to the mm. overreaction you know as soon as Celtic have a bad result there's, there's very distinctly two camps of people there's people and I include us in this camp they want to talk about the bad yeah. result examine why it happened because you know, that's football and you look into every individual thing and there's a group of people who just who just think everything's fine we're still in all these competitions and see at the end of the day that doesn't it make for a good podcasting if we came oh, on yeah, here and just exactly, went yeah. we're, still, we're still going to win the league yeah. But I think there has to be an examination about, and especially if you got the games, you pay your money, what, what are we getting here? Because mm. as you say, Millie, it's, it's turning into not a poor season, that's absurd, but it's, it's not a brilliant season. And I, I disagree. I think you can compare to last season because Brendan showed us what he can do last season. These players showed us what they're capable of last season. It's not good enough just to say... Ah, we only do that once well, that's us we, we've done it once that's us it's
3: those players that raised it and the management team that raised the standards so last season we dropped points in two games before we won the league that's incredible hmm. but to drop what is that nine nine games we dropped points in yeah. already this season that's not good enough last season at this point we we're 27 points ahead now we're nine
2: that's a massive massive drop I think it's I think it's important though to get into the specifics of of why we drop points and not just have a general moan about it, which is, is not what we do. But you know, if you look at the St Johnson game, we've already touched on it. Gamboa, how much football's he played this year? Uh, almost none.
1: Uh, yeah I'm just going to run couple quickly of games through the maybe. team. Yeah.
2: Henry straight in at the team. Making his home and grass debut. For yeah Celtics. yeah making his grass and home <laughs> debut. Aya, played Brilliant. very well, probably man in the match. But let me just caveat that by saying uh, no way should our central defender be looking at a man of the match performance against St Johnson. Uh, Calvin Miller playing out of position, not a left back, not played any football. Kwasi and McGregor both played midweek. Massonda, new into the team. Rogic yeah, looked first in yeah. five months. Meli is no, it five, five months? months? He just looked so far off the pace. Sinclair who's not having a good season anyway, and Eduardo who's not really hit the ground running. So I know this is harsh, but is that our worst possible eleven? <laughs> <laughs> if you were playing football manager yeah. and you were going full rotation of the eleven players that. I've, I've not are not doing as a good well for you. That that's got to be pretty close.
3: The the defence kept a clean sheet again, so they slotted in well enough. It's not a big deal. Two in midfield, again with Scott Brown's out of that team, we missed so much. So we Brown captain out, Tierney, vice captain out, Lustig would be after that and Gay Gordon after that. So that's four four leaders out of the team really missed them. But see in any other say a different another parallel universe. See if you're looking at that front four doesn't get much better than that. You maybe put Robertson, in, Dembele if he's on form, mm. but that front four should be able to beat St. Johnson. doesn't matter. The rest of the team, okay, but that front four should have goals, should have creativity, and should have flair. It didn't have any of that, and it's a front four that looks good on
2: paper, but not one of them are on form right now, I, and that's the problem. I think there's a lack of impetus in the team to play a challenging ball. And Now, I don't know. There's two ways to look at that. Are they sitting back with no confidence, or is it the other way about? Are they thinking someone will crop up I'll go here, like is Sinclair thinking if I don't do it, Edwards going to pop up, or if Edwards thinking well, like if I don't do it, make it. Are they, are they overconfident? I'd like to think not. I mean,
1: I'd like to think that that, that doesn't enter the head that it's someone else's responsibility to get these games won. But there were periods in that game where I, I'm. I could be exaggerating here but not by much but Sinclair didn't seem to touch the ball for 10-15 minutes at a time during that game
2: I think a lot of that Sinclair's had a poor season Um, I think a lot of that though and specifically in the St John's game was down to he he doesn't know how Miller plays You know, Mm, Miller holds on to the ball far too long for me also he has this strange technique where he can't really let the ball run across his body and he, he takes it on his left foot, he sort of stops it and then turns around the ball He's just not got a lot of finesse, Miller. And I think that, you know, when you're Sinclair and you're used to running off a Kieran Tierney all the time and you know what Tierney's doing, see when you put Calvin Miller in there, who's not a left back, who doesn't really know what he's doing, still learning the game, that's going to massively throw off Sinclair's game. I mean, you, you, you saw it a lot of the time. Sinclair was holding up the ball and he was holding up the ball and I think he was waiting for Miller to run beyond him and it wasn't really coming. And at which point two or three guys... Were round Sinclair and his options were shut. Well, on these players
1: that we're talking about, the best period, the best period of play in the game really came an injury thing at the end of the game when Tierney was on the pitch linking up with Sinclair. Yeah. He played a lovely ball through to Sinclair who took it to the byline. The, the ball was very reminiscent, actually, of Cham's ball to Tierney against Anderlecht, the kind of defence
2: mm. split. But really, that was that was the kind of
1: sum total of the football was, play. I, I think
2: there's a lot to be said for for partnerships in football, and especially the Tierney in a Sinclair partnership because they know each other's game. You know, they they, they they know exactly what's happening and I think a lot of the time the partnership of Sinclair and Dembele. I think see when they're both playing, but I think that works best because they know each other's game. When you start breaking up these partnerships over the pitch, I think I think it's a struggle. I'd actually argue as
1: well that I know the team overall has missed Roberts, but especially Sinclair. Now, it may not seem like the most natural of partnerships because they don't play immediately next to each other on the pitch, but there were periods last season where they were setting up goals for each other left and right, yeah, it was they were swapping over, and assessing goals, and they were scoring all the time. So, yeah, I, yeah, I just I'd like to see Patrick Roberts back in there. I think he'd just raise everyone uh, on the rotation itself. Sorry, um, I thought a lot of it made sense because the, these games need managed really, and we we'll had yeah. two huge games that this came right in the middle of the, the two Zenith games. I think if Rodgers had put out. I mean, a brown was suspended, so that was never on the cards anyway. But if he'd put out Tierney, Lustig and Samunovic and Jam and someone would get injured, people would be cracking up saying, why didn't you rotate the squad? Why did you play these players? We've got this massive game on the horizon. So, in a sense, you can't really win.
2: Yeah, not merely. I mean, if that that rotation and that drop points gives us the edge against Zenit, worth it.
3: Oh, it is completely worth it. And we forget about it straight away. But the only problem is... Happening so often, as I've said, and it's not—it's every league game you're going into now thinking, are we going to win? That's two league games in a row
2: we've not won and we've not scored. in. that's yeah. not good I, enough. I, I mean, aye, I just think there's there's reasons for that. St. Johnson won. I'm I'm not saying they're getting a pass on St. Johnson, but when you look at the squad, you look at the team, you watch the game, you can maybe understand. You know, there's there's mitigating mitigating circumstances to that. What does worry me though is coming back from Russia. With love, <laughs> and, and, and dropping points against Aberdeen because that's a. I mean, the game in Thursday. We're travelling back. I don't know how far away Russia is. I don't know geography, but it's at least fifty miles away, right? <laughs> and then that that's a flight, and then we're playing Aberdeen, which is far away as well, right? And we're playing them in the Sunday now. That 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 game has a red flag on it for me. Yeah,
3: it does. It usually does. But McKinnis cakes the bed every time it he does. He's, the, he's a
2: bottler I forgot about that.
3: But uh, on paper. Hard game, then we've got Dundee midweek and you're thinking well, we'll need to rotate then but when we're rotating it's not working and then it, the following weekend Rangers are away so we've got hard games coming up, it's a big time and again one result Zenit but since the break what have we had Zena and the Hearts game the first half was brilliant. Apart from that,
2: we haven't really showed I, up. I think we just need to even get this notion out of our heads that somehow the trip away to Dubai was magic medicine. We all thought it before it, the manager said it, but they've came back and they've been largely the, the same.
1: Just a little bit listless, apart from the Hearts game. Um, I'm saying it, obviously, but yeah. I mean just domestically, as we've spoken about, it's a different level of intensity, a different level of motivation. It's uh, just been a little bit disjointed and listless. There were positives to be taken from the Johnson game. let well, I mean it's not a complete write-off. the defence, as you said, Mel, were were very good. Yep. Yeah, I consider consider, I mean, our, our man who's been all over this podcast recently, Christopher Iyer was was excellent, and he has come through two pretty stern tests in the last week. One against Zenit because, as we said before, this is statistically a poor defence. Yep. If you wanted just go by pure numbers and a very good attack, so he came through that fine and the St Johnson game is a completely different challenge for him in that he was he was the senior guy in there either yeah. side of him you've got Henry who's making his home debut Gamboa who's hardly played and, and same with Calvin Miller so I'm not I'm not going by age Gimboa's the oldest one but he's by far the most established defender in there and he, he and, held up together enough, there
2: seems to be a swapping of roles because what Henry is quite good at is breaking out of defence and starting attacks and he's quite good at that and he seemed to take that mantle on and leave Ayer to do the defending Yeah the, the two of them seem to work well
3: and going forward it looks good I have to think Simone which will be back in back to the tested yeah, defence but it just I don't want to be too down but the, the league form there's 11 games to go that's not a lot I don't think we'll lose the league Do but you think we're in a title race? Asked this, ask this last week and as was no but do you think we're in a title race? I think the week when we get back on Sunday, that week will be massive. I think we'll come through it okay, but I don't see us winning all three games. Maybe not lose any, but I don't think we'll win all three games. And then eleven games to go.
2: Imagine <laughs> we lost all three games.
3: <laughs> Possible, but it's yeah. not going to
2: happen. I mean, it's I'll, it's not going to happen. I'll tell you why it's not going to happen. We, we turn up for big games, that's really what that's, this
3: team do. That's why this I'm team not do.
2: that worried about it. Yeah, we turn up for big games, that's what this team do. We're going to turn up against Aberdeen.
3: Yeah, I think we've got the cup game in between that as well, so it might not it might not be in the week, but it's big games coming up, 11 games to go, five of which are the split. It just seems like the league season sort of drifting away from us and we're just we've not really hit a stride at all and that's not what you want because there's not been many performances you can, in the league you can sit back and think good game good game there's been a lot of lethargic performances so just hoping this can kick us on now
2: I mean it's it's a young team probably should have brought that up as in it I think there's a lot of times people don't really appreciate how young this team is um, especially when you take out the, the older guys like Scott Brown and that—that was—but that, that interesting. That, that was mostly Brendan Rodgers' players. That was mostly his signings. On, yeah, that close one. to it. Yeah. Um, what did you make of the referees' performance? Because we again, we can't take all the credit for this. Someone mail wrote into the TMT mailbag last yeah. week about about the fouling. Um, it's become a bit of a hot topic, and we sort of said last week purely on the numbers, it looks as if. You get to commit more fouls against Celtic before you get a card. That's what that's what it looked like from our experience watching the game and from looking at the numbers. What did you make of the the referee's performance and the the St. The St. Johnson performance?
3: Same again. Just have as many as you want, and then I'll maybe do something towards the end of the game. I read.
1: Sorry, I read on the Twitter machine just around your point there that it was seventeen fouls before a card was issued mm-hmm. in St. Johnson. I mean, it was.
2: He did give out the referee though. Did give out a lot of right good talks to. Him. <laughs> To, to be fair definitely too definitely
1: considered booking players at all, at all times It was just It was so niggly though And it was so blatant And I Do know what I hate coming on here And moaning about fouls And refereeing performances But it's It's staring us right in the face huh? I mean it, it was so There were so many Just pulls Just tugs And shoves, shoves
2: Shoves in the back Just wee trips And It was I mean people say You if, if you lose a game and moan about the referee, people say, well, why don't you win? So, we, 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 we do, we've won games, we're yeah. drawn games, we're drawn attention to this. Do we know anything about this referee? Because he looks like a hon. Oh, well, he, he's a referee in Scotland. Yeah, so definitely <laughs> that, a hunt. It was
1: the same guy who refereed the Thistle game that we spoke about recently. We did that wee flick. To oh, was Browners it? He's, yeah. yeah, he's the, the second worst
2: beat-on I've seen at Celtic Bar this season. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, nah, like, the South... The, the SEP really need to... I'm not saying give Celtic more protection because that sounds like we're Nancy boys that need the help. But what I'm saying is, how do you want the game to be played in this country? Mm. Do you want teams like St. Johnson who, I mean, for for all they dug deep, they didn't really play any football. You know, a lot of their challenges were agricultural. And like you say, it's not just the, the challenges, the pulling, the tugs, it's Ricky Foster injuring himself trying to chop. You know, how do you want the game to be played in this country? Do you want good progressive footballers that are good on the ball to play the game? Or do, or do you want this?
1: Yeah, and I, I don't even want to criticise St. Johnson over it because I you know, don't. They're, they're fine for their lives. They, they need to get everything they can possibly get their hands on and to be fair to them, they're undefeated at Celtic Park this season. That's two draws. That's mm-hmm. nice. How many teams do you think will go undefeated at Celtic Park this season? Um, a lot, yeah. hopefully.
3: Well, a lot by Pro- looks it. Probably, <laughs> probably
1: just Celtic and St. Johnson. On the fouls, look, Celtic can
3: handle all the tackles, but See if you're an opposition player and you see your teammate getting away with it and you do one, you get away with it. They're so just going to keep pushing it and pushing it and that's what they're doing. It's just cynical fouls that break up the play and if it's not stamped out early on,
2: they're just going to continue to do it. I, I think like, that's the key. I think that's the key. Stamp out early on, dishing out the card. Not these like, talking to us until the 70th minute when it's the, pointless. It Murray Davidson, I
1: think, managed to get to 75th minute yeah. yesterday without a booking. He's and, a clock. <laughs> I, I was, it was just constant... Just again, there was nothing. There was nothing malicious about it. There was no wild lunging in. There was no elbows, no headbutts, or anything like that. It was just constant tugs of shots, just constant shoves, wheat traps mm. everywhere. A lot of time wasting as well. Mm. For St. Johnson,
3: like for the first kick of the ball as well. It's pernickety, but see if the ref- referee in the game to the letter of the law. There's so many yellow cards, but there seems to be a different law, law against Celtic. Where it's Celtic maybe this team are fighting for their lives so we'll just let them away with that one let them away with that one but oh adds up look at boiled it. was it boiled for Hibbs caught the ball and didn't get booked because yeah, the referee's yeah, was right. it's just a <laughs> wee laugh in it then he's persistent fouling the rest of the game and doesn't get booked till later on and, and, and I think, can be done
2: about it. and I think that's what it is I think it's like you say it's the referee sort of saying right I, I don't want to they've got it hard enough I don't want to ruin this game for them do you feel, although there was a lot of hacks and tugs on it, do you feel we were bullied in the game? Do you think we missed once again Scott Brown in the midfield?
3: I wouldn't say we were bullied, but when that's happening in a game, Scott Brown, like in the Hearts game, will just go through somebody and say to the ref, well, are you going to boot me for doing the exact same mm. as them? You can't. It just we, we miss him so much, just his drive, his energy, putting himself about, telling players what to do. Yes. I forgot to mention the Zenit game, but look at his face when he's giving that team talk. You can see through the huddle, the guy is everything to this team. It's
2: amazing. It's it's funny you should mention that because I I deliberately was watching that because it gives me goosebumps watching Scott Brown give his team talk, even though I I can't even make out or hear a single word he's saying. But then... I was at Celtic Park and I was watching the Saint John'son game, and the camera was on the huddle when McGregor was giving his team talk. And I was like, I wonder what he's saying because it's just going to be something like, "I just, uh, just get in there, and, like, be like, keep, keep the ball that." But you know, score Quite a goal, yeah. <laughs> hey, how did you think the the replacement McGregor captain, <laughs> captain for Brown?
1: I mean, I was happy for him to get the armband because it was what would he be fifth choice probably, yeah. captain. There with, <laughs> that. Ach, no, he didn't have a great game, and it wasn't a particularly convincing performance to get him into the Zenit team. No, I, as I said last week, I would. I reckon Rodgers will have him in anyway because yeah. he likes his, his style. But he, he wasn't particularly great in this game. But he was was one of many, He was playing, nothing... he was
2: playing a different role. I, yeah, I, I sympathise for him. He was more more central, more in, in the mix. Do you know what Callum McGregor is in this team?
1: He's Tell me. Mark Wahlberg. Mm-hmm. Yeah. When Mark Wahlberg is in films with a wider, really good cast, like an ensemble cast like The Departed, he's he's brilliant in it, right? But see, when it's his film, he's absolutely terrible. So that's what Callum McGregor is. When he's got good players around him, he's an excellent player. But when it's his, when it's his midfield, not so good.
2: I I mean, you're right. You're right when you say that because Mark Wahlberg is terrible. (laughs) Have you watched, you've seen the happening Yes, (laughs) Yes, <laughs> nothing happens. Transformers, terrible. But the Departed, you've really on something there because the Departed is one of my favorite films. Yeah, Mel, Do you like the Departed? Good film. The <laughs> um, happening
1: that is that the one where they're running away from wind and a. Film? That's the
2: one where wind, the wind is making people kill themselves, yeah, and Mark Wahlberg's a science teacher. Yeah, <laughs> more more
1: of this stuff next week <laughs> <laughs> on, on
2: twenty minute flicks. It, Back to the
3: soccer here. Aww. Just in <laughs> games like this where it's tough to break down teams, what we seriously lack right now is creativity. We should have the players on to do that, but delivery from set pieces and corners and in the Zenit game is absolutely yeah. chronic. Can we just sign somebody that can do it? Cham was brilliant against Zenit, apart from his crossing from corners. I'm so sure glad you brought this up. Oh, it's absolutely. Christopher Ayer. Has nearly scored in the game. Unlucky. He's not, never scored for Celtic. The guy's massive. Not had one chance for a corner.
2: You're absolutely spot on. You know, people say you know Celtic lack creativity. That's a bit of a, je- a Stephen, broad generally. What does that mean? Because uh, it's that final pass in the final third that bit of quality that Masuenda? That's I think that's bravery. Side. I think they like mm. bravery in the final third. Someone willing to take that chance. Um, but Stephen, these set pieces, man.
1: Oh, I mean, and Cham was particularly bad against Jenner I don't know, I mean i, I made the comparison before that you, I watched Man City play and they just, it just took a corner a simple corner mm. into the box and scored from it but it shouldn't take £50 million pounds worth of football to be able to take corners and free kicks Well, maybe it does, maybe that's what we're doing <laughs> <laughs> You're listening Peter Law get the <laughs> checkbook But you're right, I mean, Christopher Ayers should be much more of a threat than he is He, he scored, or he almost scored from that and a kind of a tame header in the end But that chance was created by Gamboa being fouled out on the right. And I don't know why I do it to myself because every time I open my heart, it gets taken away from me again. But I thought Gamboa was pretty good in the game. He's good going forward. And I was encouraged by um, when Forrest came on, that that happened quite close to to where I was sitting. So they're instantly talking to each other and they linked up a good Mm. few times after that. I I think that's a partnership that could work.
2: But as I say, it's going to be cruelly snatched away from me. Well, you know, now, well, because Gamboa seems to appear in the team and then disappear for weeks yeah. and weeks. And then... Ralston's
3: back now as well, so he'll probably just get
2: bumped down a wee another again. Oh dear. <laughs> Sticking with the set-piece, who is who is currently our best set-piece? Take? Griffiths, probably? I possibly say, but free kicks,
1: yeah. Uh, Griffiths likes a free kick and he scored from several. I'd, I'd probably say the best free kicks, or rather Connors, but the best set-pieces I've seen in recent seasons where when he was taking corners and aiming for Boyata, mm. and he, he scored a couple remember Boyata got a couple of winners in a row last season well, other than that I mean you're, you're struggling Armstrong takes some and Chan when's takes he back some. when's
2: Griffiths back a few weeks yeah I think mm. is that a couple of weeks Paddy's still a couple of weeks Compost still a couple of weeks bit on out for the season which is a I suppose it's a tough one for him if he planned to move in the summer it doesn't look like that's going to be happening do you think anyone from that that, that start eleven made a case to be starting against Zenit
3: not really no I don't think it would have made much of a difference, I think, in his head. Brendan already know who he wants to play against, and hence why there was so much rotation.
1: Stephen? Really only Kouassi, and obviously De Vries and Ayer, but of, of the of the cameos, of the, the rarely seen players, then no, no, no. I mean, I, was, I don't think it was a... I don't think that would have been billed as an audition for the Zenit game anyway. I don't think Brendan Rodgers would give players false hope. I don't think he would have said to Calvin Miller, you know, if you play well in this, yeah. you know, wink, wink, you you could be in there. I don't think that would happen. So I don't No, I don't see any of them apart from the obvious
2: ones. Obviously, I'll ask you you your Zenit lineups things like that in a second. But how do you think those guys performed? Because that was their opportunity to maybe stake a claim for further football. How, how, apart from... Gamboa, Gamboa who you've touched on do you think anyone else sort of made a showing that they should be in more regularly Tom Rogic looks for me weeks away from, from match fitness
3: he's one that always takes a while to come back after injuries and
1: it looks like it might take him a few games I always view Rogic on a sort of one on one off basis anyway to be honest yeah. like one performance in, so I'm hoping that that's his sort of his breakthrough back into the team and sort of blow the cobwebs off a wee bit I just want Paddy back. Yeah, no, pure gutted, man. just him. want him back. Feel like,
2: feel like pure shit just want Paddy Roberts back. <laughs> I, mean, I feel like, back like pure shit just want Paddy Roberts <laughs> back, man. Um, Zenit away. That's yeah. the next game. Sort of touched on it earlier on. Give me a line-up, Smelly. Come on, you're usually quite good at this. I just got the exact same
1: lineup as last Thursday. Stephen? I change it. Yeah, I can't, I can't disagree with that at all. That was... It was a, a perfect performance, really. Apart from, as we touched on earlier, just needed an extra wee goal in there just for that wee cushion. But... Other than that, mainly flawless.
2: I'm going to put you on the spot. I'm going to ask you, do you think we will qualify beyond Zenit, Stephen?
1: Uh, oh. Yes. <laughs> yes. No, I'll just edit that one. Now. But ever, <laughs> um, I, I'm worried. I'm worried about only taking the one goal over there, I have to say. Mm. But it's in. It's at least in Celtic's hands at the moment.
2: Yep. <laughs> Melly, do you think we'll qualify beyond Zenit?
1: Uh, no, I don't. And I don't think
3: that'd be a disaster. No. I think we got the performance we are wanting on Thursday. And if we do go out this Thursday, it'll probably because be because they're a better team, which they probably are. I, think, I just hope we get another good performance. I hope it's not an early goal and we shit the bed again. Hopefully, if we can stay in the game, get a goal, we've got a chance of going through. But it's going to be so difficult. And even if we were on form... I still don't think I'd be very confident going over there no matter how good we were Tune in next week for lots
2: of references
1: to Rocky Four.
2: yeah yeah it's, it's like Rocky yeah. Four. I just, I just feel I've been a right negative Nancy as of late <laughs> I know I
1: don't like it and I don't it's like horrid. being negative no. so
2: you know what I'm just going to say no. I am not a man who's afraid of being wrong so I'm just going to say yes we're going to qualify beyond Zenit we're, here's why we're going to qualify we're going to score that That team had demoralised Zenit had demoralised Mancini won't see out the season that's as far as I'm concerned we are going to score, and Zenit won't be able to put three buyers because we'll have a rock at the centre of the defence called Christopher. Oh yes, <laughs> and Mancini heavily,
1: heavily touting himself for the Italy job as well. So Is he's chucked it. He's, oh, chocked, oh, he's yeah. he, on garden leaf.
2: Yeah, yeah, he'll, he'll be gone. Yeah, I think, I think we'll, I think we'll qualify beyond be Zenit. How much further we go? Let's just take it one step at a time. Kings of Leon. <laughs> I've already mentioned Aberdeen. How worried are you for that game following the Zenit tie?
1: Not particularly. They are just off a. a Fairly surprising defeat for yeah. Hibbs, but them they are they are a decent team. The thing is, they've never taken anything as far as I'm aware off a of Rogers Celtic mm-hmm. after being very competitive with Dial's team in previous seasons. It would take something special from Aberdeen to prove that they've they've
2: got what it takes to to be this Celtic team. Aye, the I, I'm getting I'm getting cocky, but they don't worry, me Melly.
3: No, McKinnis always seems to change his tactics and try man markers running over the pitch, and it rarely works. So unless mm. he does something drastically different. We should have enough. I mean, Thursday, Sunday again, but it's happened before in Europe. We went up there after big games and demolished them. So yeah. I think we should be okay. Even if we get a narrow win, it should be fine.
2: So um, any, other, any other business, anything else of interest, Stephen? Merely happened in football this week, since
1: we Smoke signals have arrived. We have a new Scotland oh, manager.
2: Oh, it's, it's an inspiring... <laughs> Inspired, inspired <laughs> appointment. What what they'd done... And Listen, this is... So they had a guy who was a working football manager in Gordon Strachan mm-hmm. who was doing, by all accounts, a good job. You know? And they said to Gordon Strachan, we don't want you to be Scotland manager anymore. And he went, okay. And then they went, we need to find someone young and vibrant and interesting. <laughs> and what they'd done was they went back to the past. <laughs> and in the past, they... They met a man called Walter Smith, who sits at home. He's about 80. He sits at home with an electric blanket over his knees. And he says, do you want to be Scotland manager? And they said... Peered over his glasses. Yes. And he said, no. They went, okay. So then they went, a wee bit in the past, again. And they found a guy called Alex McLeish. And they asked him, Alex, do you want to be Scotland manager? And he went, yes, please, because I don't have any money. So <laughs> so he's now Scotland manager. And for those who don't know, you know, Alex McLeish is a guy who very famously won a treble with Rangers whilst they were what Melly EBT'd just, juiced. juiced to the gills he up to their knees in EBT's up to their knees in EBT's he'll, what else did he do with Ranger Stephen that no one ever talks
1: about he, I believe he finished third he, he finished, finished third in the you know the
2: famous the famous old firm two horse race yeah. yeah. Alice McLeish finished third he finished third in a two horse race <laughs> and on that ginger mom <laughs> oh, oh, sorry, sorry Melly we'll wrap this episode up thanks for listening